Judd always said, An ugly win is better than a pretty loss. Well, we got that ugly win against Iowa at home, and then had a fugly loss at Mackey. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined by the mad Kevin Greck and the sad Alex Plum. Gentlemen, mad, sad, glad uh, to be here with you. How are we doing? Oh, well done. That was good. I'm on fire today. Look at him. What a little rhymy guy. What a good rhymer you are. What a guy. What a fun, rhymy podcast we're going to have this week. It's this writer's tears whiskey that I'm drinking that is delightful. Ooh. Is that that still it right there? It's a lot. It's a lot of, trust me, a lot of ice. Okay. It's a healthy amount of ice. Uh, Jonesy's drinking whiskey. I'm in an old nation. Plum, what you got over there? Sipping on Fireball because that's the kind of day it's been. Yeah, sorry, listener Mike Jones, but we branched out on this one. Just grab the closest <laughs> possible bottle. We just did what was available immediately. It's just like what is within arm's length right now because this game today sucked. Yeah, there's levels to that, too. We'll get into them. But uh, before we do, we want to thank everyone for listening. We want to ask the small favor to please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Please leave a review. It really does mean a lot to us. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Spartan underscore pod. And then, um, oh, and yeah, if you want to interact and you don't have the Twitter machine, you can, of course, email us at can't read, can't write 1855 at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, plum. Gonna get you engaged early, like a Mati Sissoko post touch. Uh, I oh. need you oh, to give me the do this. The it show. means he's gonna spend most of the podcast on the bench, and then when he <laughs> does contribute something, we're immediately gonna whistle him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck, uh, gentlemen. <laughs> this podcast always begins behind the green wall, where uh, though it shouldn't, uh, basketball is currently leading. Uh, from behind, from way, way behind. We will review the Iowa game, which is not going to bring us much joy, but it's slightly better than the shellacking we took at Mackey Arena at the hands of Purdue. Oh, God, help us. We'll do have a couple of bits of news from football that are important to note, and then we'll uh, give an update on Susie Merchant, which was kind of spooky news. We'll head off Grand River. We got some things to talk about. None of it good. And uh, then we might preview the Rutgers game, or at least we'll listen to Kevin as he expounds on whatever comes to mind. Yeah. End our episode, though. I'll just questions. We're just going to start calling it Kevin's Corner. Kevin's, oh, Kevin's Corner. I love that. Uh, All right. Let's head behind the green wall, gentlemen. And we will start with, uh, you got to start with the positive. Got to do it. Uh, It's not much, but 63-61 W over Iowa at the Breslin in a game that um, I'll, I'll start here. Yeah. Uh, I felt the way about this win in the same way that I felt about the win over Akron and football. Hmm. Uh, obviously wildly different because we stomped Akron uh, and, and we did not stomp Iowa, but it was right. like, it was, this isn't good. Like things are not good here. Right. Uh, hmm. And um. Was this well? I'll I'll start with uh, I'll let someone else lead uh, because 
notably, um, a player that no one had on their radar, Aaron Euless uh, from Iowa, uh, went off against us, and and if defense was supposed to be a thing, the hmm. guards were terrible. So, yeah, Euless's um, game. Uh, if we look at this here, uh, he does like to really, really hang out in the low efficiency areas, but against against uh, us, against Maryland. And I guess against southeastern Missouri State, he just went through the roof. So that was so fun. Two crap fun, teams in us. Sexy uh, time. Uh, so, Greg, what was your sort of uh, first thing that stood out to you about this game? Well, the first thing that stood out to me is that we managed to miss our first five shots and go down uh, zero to ten at home against Iowa. That's fun. That's what you want. That's and for the Ken Palm three offense. Yeah. So we talked uh, about this before. Iowa's a, a, on paper, they're a bit of a glass cannon where they, you know, offense real good, defense real bad. That wasn't, that wasn't my perception of the game, honestly. Uh, in that first 10 minutes, uh, fortunately, MSU was getting looks. They were okay looks, I thought, but they just weren't going down. But I thought that was a uh, a very, very bad omen because uh, mm-hmm. I've got hard-hitting commentary. I thought going down 10 points was bad. Um, <laughs> but um, listen, Aikens comes in. I know a couple weeks ago, I was a little bit, uh, critical of Aikens and empty possessions. I think he can still do that at times. Uh, in Purdue, he kind of threw one away at a very critical time, if such a thing exists. Uh, I guess it's debatable whether or not it does. But this was a, a really good game for Jaden Aikens. Pulled us out of it. Madi had a good game as well. Good to see that coming back. Um, but yeah, just uh, so people know, Aikens, 12.6 rebounds, three assists two blocks, three steals, and two turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I've decided that if you have more steals than turnovers, then I'm then willing to forgive all, too. All is forgiven. <laughs> what do we think about, I think like a Tyson Walker in this game is something we're talking about. Like really bad shooting, okay from three, but otherwise really bad. Um, had a bunch of um, plays that just it weren't working out. I don't think um, like, it seems like this was a game where the guards kind of let us down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think AJ Hogard even acknowledged that went out on the court after the game and shot free throws because Iowa had an opportunity to win because of the front end missed one-on-one situation that he had. Um, yeah. But overall, like, I mean, this is as ugly a win as they come. Yeah, I'm going to amend my my statement about more steals than turnovers because you need to exceed in assists as well. And A.J. Hogard, because A.J. Hogard had, a, I think, maybe his worst game of the season. Yeah, and objectively horrible. So he had seven points, not great. Three fouls, not great. One assist. Three turnovers, three turnovers, four steals. But again, if you if you're the point guard and you have one assist to three turnovers, like I, you know, serious, I, your your steal count can't ever rectify that. Um, 
<sighs> and and AJ had like he had there were times where he had these like moves and then just misses the yeah. layup. You know, Tyson yeah. Walker did the same thing. So Yeah, didn't he miss a wide open finger roll? Yes. Yeah, it was uh, I mean so after the game, I think it's worth pointing out Hogard, you know, immediately goes um, to the line to start shooting free throws because he was. Well, I mean, he only missed one oh for one, I guess, which is that right? It's becoming a theme of uh, missing some clutch. Uh, well, and time. that was. Yeah. And we'll talk about that, I guess, in a minute when we get into Purdue. But. You know, and Izzo was sort of like, oh, is he? And when he was told after the game, he's out there hitting free throws. So it's like, oh, I'm going to go. Maybe I'll go buy him a salad, which I was like, I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> but OK. Yeah, I, are you digging at him for his weight at the same yeah, time? I don't know what it was. I loved that. I think I loved that. I was confusing and I didn't it was apropos of nothing. But I will say it was clearly performative. Right. It had no true impact. Right. Uh, no, no, no. Let's be clear. Uh, AJ fucked the dog. Uh, and how this week. And how. <laughs> uh, and Jay I Wright know- would be like, the salad thing is beautiful. It's part of their <laughs> relationship. I love it. <laughs> we'll get to Jay later. I actually liked having Jay. Is this the first time we've had Jay? We're, I'm already talking about Purdue over and over again, but. Have we had Jay Wright do one of our games before? I think I he's think trying so. out still. I think they're giving him limited run. Okay. Anyway, Jonesy, what do you think about this Iowa game? Trying to stick to it. Um, I, you know, it it feels like um, it, feel, it feels like a few things are happening. One, it, we, we've got a week, pretty much a full week off coming up here. Mm-hmm. And I think this team needs it desperately uh, yep. because it, it is, it is mental lapses. It's uh, it, it, at times the offense looks stagnant, which could be a, you've just been scouted thing. Um, or it could, because if Iowa looks good on defense and I assure you, they're still not, um, but they looked at times competent on defense and, and that is concerning. And so, yeah, the the team just looks stale, uh, and and so a week off to reacclimate to all of them playing together, which this may be the most time they have to actually do that as a team. I think is important. Yep. Um. And and I think this Iowa game was sort of the canary in the coal mine for just fatigue, mental, physical, uh, game plan fatigue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was ass. All I'm around. looking at Iowa's effective field goal percentage defense uh, stats over the course of the year, and this is their third highest performing game of the year. And do you and think it was though? Like, I mean, the number of open drives down the lane. To, like, I, I mean, you saw that Iowa's not good on defense plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know they had Fran mic'd up for a huddle and he was coaching defense in the huddle. And I'm pretty sure that is the only time the first time that, that, that Fran coaches, that. Yep. <laughs> Fran coaches defense during timeouts and on the walk to the locker room. That's right. it. Right. Uh, and it was, it was not great. Uh, someone who's not going to light up your box score, but has been playing a touch better is Pierre Brooks. <laughs> 
in the Iowa game? I mean, like I said, didn't light up the box score, but took it, it didn't because, take because he was there to pass the ball around. I he played much better defense. He went to the the hole to try and score instead, of taking a three, got fouled, made both of his free throws. Like Pierre, yeah. Hey, if you want to, if you want to play, you got to play defense. And Pierre Brooks at least put the effort in there in the limited run that he had. Okay, it's I'll, I will I will take an improving Pierre Brooks. Sure. I mean, he was out there for twelve minutes. He produced two free throws, one assist, one rebound. Okay. I mean, I guess you, I'm just saying in 12 minutes, Pierre doing on defense. So, okay. You, that's the point, right? Uh, in the past, you've noticed Pierre Brooks for all of the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he played a better game. It, like I said, it didn't light up the box score, but he played a better game. And in the same way that like when Trey Holloman is on the court or has been able to get on the court as a freshman is because he just does what he's supposed to do as a freshman. Pierre Brooks in this game started to just say, what do I need to do to earn trust? And, and did those things. Um, but otherwise I don't like I'm grasping at straws for things to be happy about. Joey Hauser had a nice game. Yeah. It was Joey a, had a Joey game. It was an ugly yeah. win, but it was a win. And with this team and this big 10, I guess maybe you just take them. And you don't it want them at Breslin. It wasn't a win that was guaranteed. I mean, I was feeling okay about it, especially like in the last five minutes, I started feeling a little bit better. Um, but like throughout the game, I don't know, man. I mean, there was that time in the second half where they went up like six or seven. Right. So. Yeah. No, wasn't great with this team, with this team, like you were saying with the, with the similarity to the Akron game in football, like, Maybe we should just be glad about these. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but to your, I, I guess a difference being, because you, you brought up Iowa's lead, right? Like the thing that this team has shown consistently, even in a shellacking against Purdue, mm. is there's, I don't question uh, their desire a whole lot. Like they're, like they're competing. They got they, some dog in them. That's why their compete why level I think is good. Like this team, a lot better up. than the last two seasons for sure. We just don't have the horses right now. Yeah. Um. So let's move to the Purdue game. Uh. And I suspect that we're going to talk a little bit about officiating. And so I want to be really clear: we didn't lose this game because of the officials at all. I wasn't planning about. Telling. Yeah. Well. I, there's a fun little fact about John Gaffney. Is it John Gaffney or is it Higgins? Higgins. John Higgins. Uh, yeah. Uh, that this I think is, is worth. Yeah, it's worth talking about because oh, it's we a definitely problem. Have to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and it's not like DJ didn't ref late the night before either. It's yeah. just closer to the game. Anyway, I, so at the outset, Purdue kicked her ass. Period. Full stop. It is what it is. Uh, I yeah. I think. You can have legitimate concerns about officiating. Doesn't got anything to do with us getting our ass kicked. I think we can be more specific than Purdue kicked our ass. I think you can say Zach Eady kicked our ass. Well, yeah. So I, I think, yeah. So I guess I'll lead with uh, a couple things that stuck out to me. 
So Zach Eady has 38 points. Uh, three steals, one block, three assists, 13 rebounds. Uh, an incredible performance. Uh, credited with three steals, I actually think he mu- was in on more than that. Uh, and uh, was just a, a force. I mm-hmm. they, they clearly did some things differently defensively, and, and it's great for Zach Eady. Um, the only other player from Purdue to score in double digits is David Jenkins Jr., who scored 11 points, went three for four from the three-point land, and is a sub-30% three-point shooter. Mm. Also, David Jenkins Jr. sounds like a fictional character from like a, from like a nursery rhyme or, or something a, like that. Or someone who kills people and wears their skin. <laughs> what an exclamation. Wow. What is... If you Holy told me smokes. that was a serial killer name, you would not be surprised. Be honest. Uh, um, season three of Mindhunter comes back to focus on David Jake. Jenkins Jr. <laughs> it's the most terrifying season of them all. That's beautiful. Uh, the, um, I don't know. It, like, I think, was it produced first bucket by Ethan Morton, a sub, or a 25% three-point shooter who, uh, Drilled a three to start the game, I believe. Um, I I don't know. Two of David's uh, three point shots had the wildest bounces I've ever seen, and they fell in the the hole. Like there are some things about this game that hmm. feel Mackie curse ish. I was debating this with my wife. We were watching the game together. Um, there were two times in the first half where. Purdue missed on threes and usually you expect those to be long rebounds or something that like bounces up really high. They bounce directly back to Zach Eady and he just puts them back in. So three becomes a two. Sure. But I was like, is it, was that luck? Is it because he's so monstrous that like he can just get those long rebounds right there. And we determined that it was just, he's, a mountain of a human and he can do different things than regular people, but we can all just rest assured that his heart will probably explode in like 10 years. <laughs> oh God. And uh, I've escalated so who, things. Who wins us? That's who <laughs> wins. We win. Uh, and can't read, can't write episode 500. We will <laughs> celebrate the announced death of <laughs> And then we'll like we'll be like we called it half <laughs> years ago we called it. Oh. We hope that Zach Eady has a long and prosperous life. Just get out of the Big Ten, my dude. Uh, please, please. But I think we got to talk about that too because I don't know that he's going anywhere next year. The the story to me in this game, I don't know where you were planning to go with this, is the run that we had in the second half when he was out. And the score got down to like 10 or whatever. And we went small in that. Went small. Didn't have have a center. It was Joey. A couple things happened at the end of that run. One, had some opportunities that we didn't take advantage of. Missed a layup, I think. Missed the front end of a one-on-one. And two, as soon as Edie came back in, it was game over. They just went right back to 20 points. So Mm -hmm. to me, when when you look at the plus minus, and this is not a metric that we reference terribly often, but it's... It's basically what's your contribution if, to the, Did the score, score get better or worse? Did the score you... get better or worse while you're in in? He had a plus minus of plus 15, which is very high, but it was a blowout. Mm. Um, 
But the next highest plus minus for Purdue is first with plus 1.9. That's a massive chasm of a difference. How can you have a 0.9? Cuz you're not in for full minutes or whatever, oh, I don't know. All right. Um that doesn't make sense. Well, it's the it's the net and not the plus minus. So Still doesn't make sense. It's it's wild. It's wild how how much of an impact he had on this game. It cannot be understated. Uh, or overstated. Mm, more importantly. Sorry, yeah. It cannot be overstated. That's right. I'm dumb. Oh, <laughs> no, you're not. You're just Don't so... say that about yourself. You're just That's when you know Alex guy. doesn't love you is when he says you're not yes, dumb. Yes, yes, yes. What's that, Jonesy? What was that? Uh, so that's when you know Alex doesn't love you is when yeah. he says you're not dumb. You're not dumb. Uh, Plum, uh, how did you feel about this game? I don't want to talk about it. Can I not talk about it? I don't know. I. Well, you wanted to talk about AJ at, you know, when we made that run. When he missed the first one, I knew he was going to miss the second one. And I think for me, you know, AJ, it's just like Aikens with a stupid turnover trying to pass it to Hauser who wasn't paying attention. Par for the course. Those two. I love it. Just hate it. It, it is the unforced errors, the hurried bullshit that happens at key moments in the game. So this was when we'd cut it down to 10 points, nine even. Was it ever at nine or was it only ever at 10? Um, and it felt like, you know, like, uh Purdue had gone up for several threes like in a row and just was missing and missing and missing and we're getting an opportunity to claw back and then we went for some stupid threes Aikens on a big air ball just fucking garbage then he throws the ball out of bounds oh my god and then Hogard finally gets to the line on a layup that he gets fouled on and he misses the both and it's like ugh. and that was it I mean I, I, were, were, were we going to win the game if those things didn't happen? Not the way we were playing, but it's, it is the harried hurriedness, the lack of discipline, the lack, I think you had said this at the beginning, Jones, that Izzo in the post game had, um, had compared him somewhat in a way to Cassius, but had said Cassius would have known to slow down, to slow the game down and to try to, reclaim some of the tempo in a way that takes advantage of whatever angst that, you know, Purdue was starting to feel. Um, and that lack of maturity is, is there still that's, uh, I don't know. I think that's pretty damning for AJ Hogard. And that's why I called it performative <laughs> when, when he went out there, was hitting free throws and he gets in his head and that's what it is. But uh, excellent players, find ways out of their head and leave it on the paint. And they, this is just not, this is not this weekend. Maybe you're right. Maybe this, maybe they are just exhausted maybe they need a break. I don't know, but this was, this was, this was fucking ugly. This was a bad game. It was bad to watch. It was bad to listen to. It was bad to be part of bad, bad, bad. And I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, I am noting the first half Purdue went, five for nine from three point land and then two for eight in the, the, the back half to your point plum. Um, the, uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it sucked. It was yeah. not fun. Well, oh, uh, and, and I think Tom Izzo took, a, well, I don't think he thought he should have been given the technical, but did talk to at the, at the end of the half slash beginning of the second half that it was like a seven point swing um, uh-huh. because they, they ended up not getting the, uh, uh, their shot um, mm-hmm. up. Then Purdue made a three and Izzo got teed up. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, you know, a theoretical seven point swing. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it, it just, it, it was a bad game. Yep. Here's yeah. the good news. We're playing no more games at Mackey this season. <laughs> uh, so Plum, do you want to introduce the, the officiating thing? Uh, yeah, I can. So let me say this first. Well, no, let's just name it what it was. Uh, John Higgins had the whistle. What was it? Stanford and Berkeley, Stanford and Cal. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, in the, in the, in the pack, pack 12, 10 o'clock Eastern whistle. So tip. tip, sorry. Yeah. That's what I meant. So, so the ball game tips at 10 PM Eastern standard time. Ends for sure. Midnight plus midnight plus let's say 1230. He has to go to the locker room. He has to shower. He has to get his stuff. He has to process. There's absolutely an officials coordinator or probably an in-stadium observer there. They have to review. He is not out of the stadium before 1 or 1.30 Eastern time. Catches a red eye, has to catch a red eye. There's no way you can't. Uh, otherwise, he can't get back on the East Coast to West Lafayette to officiate at Mackey for our game with a noon Eastern tip. And you're not flying directly to Mackey either. You're flying. No, to you're flying into Indianapolis, which you're driving uh, to Mackey or you're flying into O'Hare. I mean, think about like, where are you going to catch a red eye from he, from Stanford? He's flying out of San Francisco, probably. Yeah. So yeah, he's catching. So, so he's SFO probably. on. I mean, I know this is absurd, but he's on. He's SFO to ORD on a United red eye. That's what he's in. And then he's in a car driving from Chicago to West Lafayette. So, he's driving himself. He's not. There's not like no. Well, no, they, he could have carpooled. Car. He could have carpooled. Someone could have picked his ass up. But my point is, yeah. Where was he, DJ refing last night? Uh, he was at Ohio State, Indiana. Were they in Indiana or were they at Ohio State? Oh yeah. So all right. So I give DJ a pass then. Because he's Either at way, least he's, in the state. He's just like, gonna he's, make it from Bloomington he, to Memphis right to, to West, West Lafayette. Lafayette. But John Higgins is is operating on fumes at this point. He's he's not giving his there's no way he's giving his best performance. He slept on the airplane. There are there there's no flights. I mean, and this is if he's remember, if you're flying west coast to east coast, you're losing the time zones. You're not making them up. So that's not acceptable. Um, in soccer, we were prohibited from refereeing more than two games on a weekend. Now, I will acknowledge there is a lot more physical energy exerted in a soccer game from any of the officials except for maybe the fourth official than there is in a, in a men's collegiate basketball game. But it's not nothing. And these guys are topping out. What is John Higgins? 60? 65? So... One could say that the energy leaded to referee a men's collegiate soccer game at our age is maybe similar to what it requires on a 65 year old man's body running up and down hardwood for 40 minutes. At least I don't know. 
What I do know is that the concentration that is required at that level to get those calls and everything else is is that's the mentally taxing thing. And at that, that age, again, it's not getting any easier. And when you're operating on fumes and little sleep, none of this is working out for you. Tom Izzo, and not just Tom, I mean, frankly, Matt Painter should have the same issue, should be calling the Big Ten coordinator officials and saying, you can see his schedule. Nowadays, all of the big conferences are using Arbiter. It's for almost every single sport. It's the assigning software that they use. And you can see, they are, I mean, in soccer, we were required to show our availability and show our schedule not in conference and out of conference to every single assigner. So they knew where we were so that a ref, so I wouldn't get assigned Michigan state Notre Dame. And then two days later, get go, you know, or the next day, go to Ohio state, Oakland, or whatever the, my point is you wouldn't get on the assignment. They would say, Oh my God, you won't be fresh. There's no way. And the conference assigners don't want to risk it. They don't want to risk giving a shitty guy that can't concentrate that assignment, knowing he's going to blow it. So doing a Pac-12 conference game and then getting on a red eye to do a Big Ten conference game the next day within 12 hours is insane. The next day at noon. It's insane. So it was it, it that's a terrible look for John Higgins. And for me, it strikes an integrity. Uh, those officials, they owe it to the game and they really owe it to their own integrity as officials to do things that serve the game and don't serve themselves. He's doing it because he wants the money because they make big fucking money. They make six figures in a season, but to get six figures requires these ethical lapses. And that's what this is. And the only way that stops is by coaches going to the conference designers and holding them accountable. Cause that's insane. Insane. He's making between four and $5,000 per game. Uh, Think about it. Could you, I mean, who could do any, I couldn't probably even do my day job on that few hours of sleep with any real coherence. I mean, pump enough coffee to me, but think about what's required. The, 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 the attention to detail. So I don't know how you, you, I I know how you can't, you can't do it. A shameful, shameful for John Higgins, DJ marginally better, but at least it was in the big 10. So, I mean, you know, you know what you're getting. Your big 10 coordinator knew that was happening. He assigned it. He assigned it. He did that exactly. like that. And again, maybe DJ has got a full night of sleep. You know what I mean? He's got a full night of sleep in a hotel room and then he gets up, he has his coffee. He's still got a couple hours to decompress as he gets his ass to West Lafayette. I mean, I don't know back to back how, I mean, I don't, does he, is he married? Does he have a family? Does he have, I don't probably not a quality life, but that's his decision. John Higgins. Bad. So the, yeah. And I think this is something that, uh, I, I don't know. The big 10 is spending enough on officials that you would think they'd be able to find a way to just professionalize these folks because they're doing enough games. Right. Um, yep. The, I, I don't know the, I, I think the one other thing that I'd say is that um, to circle this back to, to Zach Edie for a second, because, you know, obviously he, he picked up two fouls, which was alarming. Uh, yep. And you'd, you'd think that uh, there was a meteor headed towards earth, the way West Lafayette reacted to those foul calls. Um, but the, uh, I don't know that we're rid of Zach Eady. It is likely that Zach Eady could be national player of the year and stands to make more money coming back next year than not. And oh, wow. And I'll, I'll just say this, that like, I think MSU has more athleticism next year and, and you know, like it, we don't need to get to like what MSU can do against them, but it is boring to watch Zach Eady. Yeah. That's it, right. Like, 
it's it's yeah it's i would rather get smoked by middle tennessee state lighting it up from three-point land and some like well not not really but you get my point is that it's this is a yeah. a shit product so anyway grek is like yeah, giving so me shame, ugly looks shame on you matt painter <laughs> shame on you as well in the, in the same way that the officials are doing a disservice I, to the sport I you think- too I don't think Matt, Matt Painter should get credit for for being a coach when his like throw it to the seven four guy. Okay, man, cool. If there's more to it than that, it's is there? To, did you not listen to Jay Wright talk about it? I thought Jay did a fine job. I took a shot at Jay earlier, but I thought I kind of like Jay Wright in the in the booth. But I've always I, had Jay a Wright, shine for Jay Wright. Jay Wright had more to give. That's my beef with Jay Wright. Jay Wright had like actual more insight. Because did you? It is you baffling it to that? me. Well, hold on, hold on. It is baffling to me that coaches like Rafs was like a guy who knows ball. Uh, Jay knows ball, and and yet they're like, man, it's just impressive what Zach Eady does. Fuck off, man. Like, say more than that. Entirely fair. Jay talked about a number of things about keeping your head, your the ball above your head, about the motion of the offense, about yeah, some yeah, of the yeah, plays yeah. that were being run. Although my beef with Jay, as a handsome a man as he is, did you notice when they came back at the half that he had his tie tucked into his pants? <laughs> what was that move, Jay? You know better than that. Jay tie ran to the restroom and it just happened. Pants. It just happened. First off, the tie shouldn't be at such a length that that's possible. It, it, like, <laughs> it should just be barely touching the top of the buckle if it is at all. And then to have it there like that, I guess maybe this was a flex on Jay to be like, I'm so tight in the abdomen that like it doesn't just push itself out and like I can do this, I can pull this off. I don't know what it was, but that was my biggest disappointment uh, with the commentary in this game uh all right uh let's let's head uh let's move on um except one quick note jeremy fierce jr and xavier booker uh commits uh, signees to next year's class are both mcdonald's all americans um this will be the first time msu has two uh mcdonald's all americans since miles bridges and uh uh josh langford uh were mcdonald's american all americans for the 2016 class Mm. 2016 Mm. right sounds right yeah wow tale of two classes right uh football and basketball um all right let's uh uh let's talk about some football greg we hired a new coach yeah uh darren reynolds is the new defensive line coach uh coming by way of stanford uh in oklahoma before that um so we kind of thought this would go to Vickerson. That was kind of kind of called it and, on that. Oops. And he interviewed for it. So oh, how long is he sticking around? Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. But um, I guess he filled it. There was speculation that you know one of the you know one of the coaches currently active in the NFL still was going to take this role. That wasn't mm-hmm. it either. So. I'll be interested to see what what gets said about Dyron Rounds, um, but he's been doing defensive line coaching for a while now, um, and uh, Tucker said he's one of the best in the business. So, hmm. yeah. So I have some thoughts with, on this. He's worked with David Shaw. He's worked with Tony Dungy. He's worked with Jim Caldwell, who I think is a better coach than he gets credit for. So, 
I don't know. I don't know, man. Seven I'm years a little at surprised Stanford. by this, but what? Seven years at Stanford. Which, <laughs> like, I guess you could go, I, I'd be, I, I, I don't know. I, you know where they were on, uh, on, on uh, 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 rushing defense last year? I would be lying to our audience if I said I could evaluate Stanford's defensive line coach last year. Like, I just don't. On know. rushing defense, they were fifth from last in all of football. Hmm. Um, and then the year before that, fourth from last fourth in from all last of college football. football. Uh, years prior to that, he did get into middle of the pack. I also have concerns about being at Stanford for that long. Hmm. I mean, it, maybe it's being in Palo Alto and it's nice and whatever, but uh, I, if you want to say, like, if you wanted to make the argument to me that at Stanford, you have to do more with less. So that makes him a really great coach because they actually have academic standards. I'd buy that, but he didn't do more with less. And and yeah, he bounced around the NFL. Like, I, I just, dude's not an all-star recruiter. Like, I, I, I'm trying to, I, and I want to be clear. Mm. I really want the guy to work out. Like, I mean, and, but it feels like you hired a guy from when the head coach just resigned slash got fired. So he was kind of unemployed. And like, this is what you came up with? Mm. Again, I want him to be successful, but I'm I'm not seeing like, man, he put together some scrappy run defenses in his time at Stanford. I, I'm seeing talking about four draft picks. Cool. Uh I'm seeing emphasis on his time in the NFL. Cool. Uh, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Like, and again, you stuck seven years at a program that's been largely ass for a long mm-hmm. time now. I just I mean I know Tucker values like want to on recruiting. And so it, it, it is fair to say that MSU can do things that Stanford cannot. Mm-hmm. But so it is entirely possible that this guy ends up being a rock star. But I, I mean, the X's and O's don't really back it up. Uh, and this can't be the BT Jordan show because otherwise you would have made him the defensive line coach. Mm. But you don't trust him with the X's and O's, it seems. Like, you trust him with some technique. I just, this this hire is perplexing to me. So, welcome, Coach Reynolds. <laughs> so, Happy to have you. You know, when he subscribed to the podcast and reached out to us on Twitter, you know, I think we, uh, I think he was expecting a, a different, you know, type of welcome. So I look forward to losing one listen from this week to the next. <laughs> I hope I really do hope he's successful. I just it, I thought we would have been able to do something different. Like you would have been able to sell a narrative from a smaller program with like a hey, we're about to talk about plucking recruits from GVSU. They were like the number two uh, uh, D two school. Like pull their defensive line cut encroach. I don't know. Like at least you could sell that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this one was weird to me. Well, I think they're selling the NFL pedigree on this one. Yeah, cool. Uh, Kevin Vickerson had ago. that. Uh, all right, d- all right. So two things: uh, Tarek, Tariq. I'm sorry, Tariq. Uh, Ahmed Ahmed Basak is what I'm going to go with. Uh, is a kicker that was flipped from GVSU. 
unlike uh, Jack Stone, there is footage of Tarek actually kicking field goals in high school. <laughs> Many. And a long ways. And so I don't know that he's going to be great. There's a lot of things to go into it. But you'll recall that we mentioned Jack Stone kicked three field mm-hmm. goals in mm-hmm. all of his senior season. That is not what happened here. So we have a kicker, a new kicker. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, we also flipped a GVSU offensive lineman commit. Uh, interior offensive lineman, 6'4", Cooper Terpstra. Uh He's going to be a preferred walk-on. I think these flips are interesting and something to keep an eye on. Again, GVSU is not a bad Division II program, but it, it is a Division II program. But it be. is a Division II program. But yeah. like, uh, if you're adding depth pieces um, and in the form of a preferred walk-on, this is a nice pickup. It's a fun pickup. Speaking of uh, guys changing programs, uh, Carson Castile landed at Vanderbilt. Might as well be a D2 program. And uh, Bryce Berenger, combine invitation. That's huge. Yeah, Rex Bexum. Rex Bexum at the combine, my man. I hope he gets Um, him bedazzled. So you've got Susie Merchant here on the outline. I think most of our listenership probably would have seen the statement from MSU at this point that she was involved in a one car accident on her way home uh, a couple nights ago now and is in quote stable condition at Sparrow. And the accident came as a result of a, some sort of medical incident. Yes. Yes. Do we have any more information than that? I didn't, I didn't want to say, I was hoping that we weren't going to end up saying things that were, super dated but no if folks don't know the Susie merchant was it felt worth mentioning it Um, is worth mentioning especially when one considers this is her not this is not her first trip to sparrow hospital during the season she left uh, like she lost like two or three weeks of one of the seasons a couple years ago um so Another concerning development for her personally, you know, when we talk about Susie Merchant, we talk about some of the success that she's had and how she runs a a program the way that you would want it to be run, or at least so it seems right now. Yeah. Uh, so this is really concerning for her personally and for her yeah, and for someone and for, who's been a Spartan for so long. Uh, for like so obviously, long. you know, we we just uh, we want her to get better. Uh, and, uh, so if folks got positive vibes to throw around, please send them Susie's way. Um, scary situation. I don't know how much we'll ever know. It, it's not necessarily any of our business. Uh, for those who think it has something to do with any injection she might've had get fucked. Um, what? oh yeah. People that happened in the Twitter situation. People I don't know. On, on the jab. reference to Blame oh the, the wow vaccine. really that was mm-hmm. wow yeah really 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 same people who probably think that damar hamlin is dead uh so um yeah uh, anyway uh, that's not really the point the point is, is that Susie get better um and uh we'll as we know more we'll we'll continue to, to chat about it just because you know we want good things for her um yeah. so but Single car accident in stable condition and serious. So, yeah, though, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, 
I don't I don't know why you, must have been a not nothing car accident. Exactly. Um, or, or not a not nothing, nothing medical episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I assume Susie will talk about it at some point in time. She's a she's kind of like Tom in her level of transparency at times. So um, which I think is it, hey transparency is something to be admired uh, and. Um, so that's something you get in all areas of the, uh, athletic department university. (laughs) So over the Tom Izzo football building, uh, it does not, uh, his ethos does not survive. Uh, all right. Um, should we talk about our friend? Let's go ahead. Mike Jones, walk walk me through it. Tell me, tell me about a certain, a, a man, a guy, a person. Folks, this commit to our podcast, Brandon with an E stands with a Z, is our guy if you're looking for a mortgage. He is with Gold Star Mortgage. Gold Star Mortgage, uh, sorry, and uh, he's the best. Uh, Greg worked with him on his refinance. He is a consultative guy, runs a team now at Gold Star, a Fortune 500 company based in Michigan that funds over a billion dollars in mortgages annually. Uh, the things to know about Brandon and this team, that are true selling points. It's not just Michigan based anywhere in the big 10 footprint, except for Iowa, because why would you go there? Uh, He can help you out with buying a home, refinancing a home, whatever. The other really cool thing about what Brandon does is that particularly if you're a first time home buyer, you may not know how many types of mortgage products there are. There are quite a few. Uh, And so Brandon has a variety of mortgage products that, you're not going to find it every traditional lender. So as you're vetting lenders, check folks out and, uh, and give Brandon a call at Gold Star Mortgage because he can help you with uh, comparing different options that might be a better fit for you. That's Brandon with an E, stands with a Z at Gold Star Mortgage. Gentlemen, Plum, welcome back. You Hi. made an entrance. Uh, Wait, really? Was it loud? Yes. <laughs> uh, what was you- it? I don't know. It was just, uh, it was a thing that happened. It's all right. We're happy to have you back. Um, uh, Plum was just uh, adjacent to the room calling Brandon with an A stands with a Z uh, about refinancing his own home. Uh, I asked him if he could make the interest rates in this market go down. He could not. uh, Let's, uh, let's head off Grand River. And uh, I wanted to call out Tony Garcia, who published an op-ed in the free press about the University of Michigan that you can read on Yahoo Sports for free. And I want to say, Tony, welcome to the resistance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got t-shirts, my man. Uh, here's here's the thing. So for those who maybe haven't seen it, uh, Tony uh, wrote that he's uh, demanding or, or thinks there needs to be more accountability from Jim Harbaugh and Ward Manuel huh. uh, at the University of Michigan Athletic Department. Um. This is like a a little late. Uh, I think is my thing. Uh, Santa Ono is busy pantsing Ward Manuel publicly (laughs) and on Twitter. And so, cool. You called for accountability when it's very clear that Ward is not long for this world. Uh, And also, you called for accountability after Harbaugh was re-signed to a new contract. Cool. Um, also, I don't know what it is about the latest thing that Michigan that finally moved the needle for you. 
on that accountability doesn't exist there. I just, I was, I'm happy he wrote it, but yeah, come on, man. <laughs> like, really? It, it Why was... today? Why today? <laughs> I mean, it's a little, a little late, but I guess you got to be pleased that it exists at all. The problem is that they're all going to point at and be like, see, look at us. Look what we can do. Look is at he us. even one of their marquee names? No idea. Is he even on staff there? Because he must not be if Yahoo ran it. No idea. Huh. No idea. But it basically, like, it didn't even cover everything. You know? It just huh. sort of, it was just yeah. sort of like, wow. Look at, and it spent half the time being like, they sure are successful right now. But then... He's like, I didn't even mention the hockey program. Yeah. <laughs> It just gets back to, it gets back to the standard that that fan base and that university holds everyone else to, but they don't hold themselves to it. Mm. And it just needs, it needs more of this. It needs a lot more of this and not just externally, but internally as well. And it's never going to happen. So yeah. I think Ward, the thing that Ward has done best in his time at the University of Michigan is just let that wheel keep on turning. He knows that no one's ever going to put a stick in those spokes unless they do it themselves. And uh, Yeah, we didn't even talk about they re-signed their volleyball coach to a five-year extension. And then fired him. Two weeks later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know why? It's because the volleyball coach hadn't called Santa Ono directly to confirm that he or she wanted to be at the program. That was the, that was that person's fault. Santa was like, I didn't get to tweet about this. Yeah. You're You're fired. You're fired. Yeah. Uh, my understanding is that Santa very much likes to be in the public eye. So that was apparent. This should be, I honestly, I'm kind of excited about Santa because he seems to bring a level of dysfunction that's usually reserved for Michigan for State Board yeah. of Trustees. Well, no, also for that. our house in particular. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Santa does this this I, coming year. I just I think it's important to point out that, like, what a terrible leader! I mean, you were brand new in this institution theoretically the people who are going to either help you sink or swim are going to be the folks who are like in the executive leadership roles around you Mm. keeping them close seems to be i don't know an obvious thing to do if you want to be successful but if you don't or your ego is that big i guess you could do this just to fuck everything up and Holy shit. I mean, what an idiot. I mean, it, but at the same time, isn't it true that where his bread is buttered is with the fan base and the big money donors and Who? those types Ward of things? Santa. Oh, no. I would think that. No, his bread is buttered by the board of trustees. At who, at who right now? Again, but who knows what anything it doesn't does up mean up at, at in Ann Arbor right now? I don't know. One would think though that again, and I, I think they're a, like a mild bit better than our board of trustees, but like stability, like you have a world class researcher, isn't the one thing his job is right now is stability and like come in and don't fucking be a 
douchebag like good lord but i mean what the hell do i know i just you you interrupt culture you make people wonder where they stand like this is palace intrigue level bullshit that you just don't expect from a university president i mean and how he couldn't know that he was stepping in it if he didn't that that says even more about him or less i personally enjoy him making it uncomfortable for ward to work there now the right thing to do would just be to fire ward right but it feels like he wants to publicly humiliate him first which in fairness is fair he deserves so (laughs) but but like that as a management strategy to your point plum in the long term not gonna go not gonna go i can't wait if I, wait. if I were going to steel man this argument and find some reason why this went the way that it did. Yeah. And it doesn't account for the other social media gaffes that Santona has made, but if, with Ward in particular, <laughs> including the blizzard, the blizzard <laughs> thing is, is a good example would be, he comes from Canada where those universities do not have athletic traditions to mm. say the least. Sure. So this is new to him. He doesn't know how to manage it. And he probably wonders why the athletic director makes as much money as the athletic director does. So he's probably like, this is cool. Let's get involved in this. What would you say you do here, Ward? Yeah. And that is a fair question, Santa. Yep. Uh, All right. Uh, Other news. Uh, All of the players who were charged with misdemeanors by our dear friend, Ali, in the Washington County prosecutor's office, um, have been invited to participate in what is actually being called a special program uh wherein the cases are all postponed and if they do certain things that would have been required of them as participants of the michigan state football team their cases will be dropped um so cool uh i'm happy for them uh that that that's going to end up happening obviously but um this feels like uh i needed to i need to make sure that i put my thumb on the scale and let mm. everyone know that i did this versus just don't charge them yeah just don't you, charge like them. you could have just not charged these people yeah you, you like that that's the yep. you, you talk about performative earlier plum wow <laughs> Like (laughs) these guys have to do community service because they're part of the program. They have to comport with the code of conduct. They like they have to abide by curfews. They like they have to get good grades. They have to be enrolled in school. Like what are we even doing here? Yep. So cool. Congrats, Ellie. Bad look. Bad. 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 Bad look. Bad. Uh, But do you think Ward comes out from under a rock to comment on this? case do you ward <laughs> ward do you think he, he makes an appearance is it groundhog's day is it time for punxatoni ward to come out of his hole punxatoni ward i i will give tony <laughs> to circle this back to tony garcia i will give him credit for calling out the hypocrisy of what he's uh, what jim said about mozzie smith that's it and and how like i he didn't need to dig that nugget up yep. and did dig that nugget up um yep. and so i Tony, I still wonder why now, but that was nice of you. Uh, 
Anyway, I don't have anything else off Grand River unless you guys want to talk about anything. No, let's take some questions, my mans. Wait, wait, you're not going to no, say anything about it? it's Kevin's Corner. It's Kevin's Corner. It's Greg's okay. Gulch. Come on, right. buddy. Listen, <laughs> Grex, here we are in Grex Gulch. Everyone pull up a chair. Um, Purdue, already, or, I'm sorry, Rutgers has made a huge mistake. We've already played this Rutgers team. Uh, they decided not to host their game on campus. They decided uh, Madison Square Garden should be the place at noon on a Saturday. I've made uh, a huge mistake. Which is a big thank you to this Rutgers team. Now, if you'll recall... If you can remember back this far, we trounced them at in Breslin Center on the 19th. Kind of a lot has happened in those 10 days. We feel differently about this team now. But that did happen. So was that Rutgers I, win a, 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 at the time? That was a get right win, though, right? Because we had lost to Illinois. Two in a with, row. We had just lost to Illinois yeah. and had that that like down to the last shot. Fletcher yeah. Lawyer, Hero Ball, lost to Purdue. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean, it, it's still that same Rutgers team. We'll have seven days or six days or whatever it is to prepare for it. Um, and they, to my knowledge, from what I can tell, they have not really significantly changed in that time. So um, I like, it's going to be a close game. This is not going to be a fun game in all likelihood. <laughs> But uh, I'm. Let's see. And they play Wednesday, by the way. Uh... Yeah, they play against Minnesota to the extent that that counts as a basketball game on Wednesday. Oh, and they just took an L to Iowa, and they lost at Iowa, though they lost at Iowa. But they for won. a defensive team to let ninety three points up, so. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll see. Uh, it was very, very nice, very charitable of them to give us this away game. And if you're one of our listeners on the East Coast, find your way on over there, Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Coastal Elite. You know, be it thinking. Yeah. Jonesy, do well, you want to tell people what it's like watching an MSU game at uh, the Garden? I, I would recommend it for anyone who has a chance to do it. Uh, hmm. Like, I'd never been to the Garden, and it's a special place like i mean you can just tell it's a special place um yeah dude in the movie godzilla it's where godzilla nests and all the little baby godzillas come out and then they're like chasing you around the concourse in the 1995 american and in my drunken state i want to let you know i shouted that to everyone there (laughs) could be godzilla we We watched the 1990s godzilla american adaptation before we came here as we do every time yes that's that's exactly it's as if you were there uh Mm. the uh except uh they threw popcorn at me and sort of frustration um, but I, I would say if folks have the chance to go, do go. I, I thought seriously about going to this game because why not? Um, but I'm not. So mm-hmm. ends up being, I actually probably could have, um, probably should have probably should probably should have jeopardized some relationships that are important to me. If I, if I have they important to you, what's more important than your relationship with Spartan athletics. Yes. Yes. The Eagles game was on in our home and I did have a serious conversation about why did you turn that on, but you don't show that level of enthusiasm for Michigan state. 
And she was like, uh, is Michigan State winning? <laughs> uh, you just went downstairs and, and then took a shower with your clothes on. <laughs> just, the cutoffs. Uh, anyway, uh, if folks have a chance to go to Madison Square Garden, please let us know. Uh, feel free to tweet at us at SportNewsRapod with some pictures. Um, I had a blast there at the Champions Classic uh, and do 10 out of 10 recommend it. Um, all right, let's let's do those Twitter questions, shall we? Yeah. Let us. All right, first up, Mike Jones. Zach Eady, I'm, I'm not going to read this in all caps. Zach Eady was called for a foul as I type this. Is the world ending? Should I load up on survival essentials? Is this gif actually Alex or is it just the stash? Alex, was that you? It was not me, but he was a handsome fellow. So I will take the compliment. And you should definitely not have loaded up on Survival Essentials because uh, that was the only only foul against Zekidi. He had two. He had two. So he was I was going to ask if mm. we've done a, a you know a check on listener Mike Jones to see you, like if he survived already off the second. grid. Did uh, do you, either of you keep any? Sort of like lost power, no water, extended period of time, stuff in your home? Proper no. stuff? I mean, I'm a Michigander, Jonesy. Prepper stuff. This is Prepper good. stuff's in my blood. I will tell you, I've been watching The Walking Dead, and now Jason and I are watching The Last Why? of Us, the version Why? of it on oh, HBO. Are you watching The Walking Dead? It's actually, it's because it, it's, it's all done. Not. It's all done, and you can just consume it, and it's, it, it oh. it's. Have you done Alone Plum? No, I haven't done alone. Oh, you should check out alone. It's a it's a reality show, but with oh. like survivalist prepper folks. Wow, they send them out into like legitimately, yeah, in in inhabitable inhabitable you got me. I got you. And they've got a it's who survives. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's fantastic. Um, next up, Mike Jones. I can't wait for March of 2024 and never hearing the names Zach Eady or Hunter <laughs> Dickinson again. Which one of you are Turkish basketball fans? <laughs> uh, I have a hard time making fun of where these dudes will play pro because I think Cassius Whitson is the greatest point guard of all time. Yeah. And yeah, it's fine. Uh, Zach Eady, though, the difference between Cassius Winston and either of these two dudes is that Cassius was actually a joy to watch. Mm. These guys are stupid. Yeah. It is funny how the Big Tens had these guys. You you would add Luca Garza to this list as well. Like Luca even had a better game than that than those guys. Like Luca could do some things. Luca was a tryhard. Luca was a tryhard guy. He was annoying. Let's not let's not say nice things about Luca Garza. No one's got time for that. Okay. Next up, Spartan Mark. <laughs> Settling for two-point jumpers or worse, designing plays for two-point jumpers is not a reliable way to win. With Malik, Jaden, and Hogard, couldn't we be more aggressive at clearing the middle and driving to the rim to increase our shot percentage? Feel like that's been missing for years. Greg, before you say anything, shut up. (laughs) Shut up. You're dumb. The... Ah! Hurtful. In... In this, in the Purdue game, we had, I want to check, check my math here, 10 three-point attempts. That is not 
sustainable way, a sustainable way to win basketball games in the modern era. Period. Correct. You like so you can you can be like, oh, we've got such a great mid mid range game. Does not matter if if the offensive system is not generating more looks than that from three point land. That is ass. Uh, so yes, drive more, but like well, you didn't. I want to hear what Greg had to say. Oh, long to you. That's long to you, baby. You. Long to you. Pull up shot at the elbow. Yeah. If they're not from you. the elbow, they're from farther than the elbow. Yeah, I like, I love, our team loves to just step on that line or just a little bit over and drain just, that It's just thing. a toe, one big mm, toe over the line. Love mm. it. Oh, and then, and then air ball. We are fucking bad. And <laughs> Martin Burke is 100% right. We refuse to play any offense where we just take the easy points. What? What's that? We're clawing our way back quick. Go for the longest three possible. In fact, just kick the fucking ball into the stands. Woo! That's I, the horseshit that this team is fucking good at. So, ah. what? defensively or on offense, we were able to get Edie to kind of range away from the paint in that first game at Breslin center. Mm -hmm. That was sort of how we got the lead that we got and then got the game really close. He was not doing that. Yeah. They were switching. He was clogging that lane. I think we only attempted 10, only 10 attempts at the rim in this game, which I don't have the numbers, the season numbers in front of me, but I would bet we, that is a low mark. Yeah. But I, you and I talked at the half, Greg, and the thing that I, I had hoped that we would have seen more of in this game is that, you know, in the same way that Turgeon coaches team, Coach K in his late years coaches guards to just sort of dive at the rim mm-hmm. and, and pull up, get fouls. Like, if they're going to shack Zach Eady that hard, I think you need to force the issue and they just didn't do it. I, I, I mean, you got to generate more. Th- I go back to my original point. It's not so much driving to the basket, but like, I do think that's, a, that's a viable way of saying the officiating's BS or whatever, like, or force them to make calls force Zach Edie to play more aggressively, but you got to generate more three looks than that. And, mm-hmm. and the fact that they weren't generating those three looks is part of the reason that Zach Eady was so comfortable shacking. Mm-hmm. Please keep was, talking about the shacking. Please keep saying shacking. Tell me more about shacking. All right. <laughs> that, you said that with an offensive mis, uh, Michigander accent. Uh, Tell me about the shacking. All right. I got a stat for you. Oh. I, I got, I've got our team stats up from this the is Torvik. More- this is more research than you did for the Rutgers preview. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I got to try eventually over the course of a one practice. you had notice of and the other you just did in the moment. All right. So Torvik breaks up <laughs> your your two point attempts into three categories. Dunks, close twos and far twos. I haven't bothered to look up what the difference is between those. However, when you look at the percentages uh, for close twos, not dunks, but close twos to three-point attempts. So obviously our our close two attempts are 0.58 basically percent and our three-point attempts are 0.381, which is fine. It's almost a 40% 
three-point shooting. Sure. But if you multiply those by the number of points they're worth, each one of those attempts is worth about 1.15 points. Ah. So the close twos and the three-point shots are netting us about the same amount of points over the course of the season per attempt. Okay. So how? what have I amended it, Jonesy? To close to you, baby! Close to you! Ow! Close to you! Uh, far twos is bad. Far twos is 0.49% uh, for a two-point shot, which is going to be less than one. 0.409 times two is uh, 0.81. So those are the bad shots. Yeah. So I want to rank things really quick here. I really look forward to doing this podcast. I think Plum is probably on the like, it's an obligation I have. And then our listeners are like, I have time to fill on a commute. And if I, highest on the list of engagement, checked out as you were doing math while you read things, I want to just apologize to everybody. There's been a, a hole has opened up in Spartan podcastery where, where, uh, podcast dedicated to doing math and looking at these really obscure stats uh have, have branched out to the whole big 10 in a way that oh, i don't uh, understand um i i'm just filling a gap right now yep you're just doing you're doing the dylan work yep. some might say you're doing the dylan work all right uh let's t- <laughs> that was excellent this is a f- spartan mark uh, I don't know that you expected to get all of this, but I want to congratulate you. Look at what you've done, and I'm Mark. glad someone asked. This it. would win Twitter questions because you got a whole. Uh, you got a whole. Here. Yeah, you did. Uh, next up, Eman Center uh, asking this before the game on Sunday: Is Zach Eady the most likable of the elite bigs MSU has had to play? Thinking Wagner, Kaminsky, Haas, etc. I dare to say I'm rooting for him to succeed so the traditional center can become essential to basketball again. Eman Center, I like your takes. This is terrible. <laughs> I, I do like that the NBA, though, we were talking about this also in the house. Is NBA is like, no, nah, I don't like him unless he can three ball. Like, <laughs> I don't care that he's a seven four dude that can do a ton of other stuff. Show me his three ball or get out. It's stupid. It's dumb. You tell me this guy doesn't have a role on an NBA roster. Yeah, like you're overthinking it. NBA. Also, uh, can I say Kofi Coburn? I actually enjoyed. Like oh, if, really? we're, if we're going into the center thing, I Kofi I mean, down. Sure, he's not. I mean, Zach Eady is not offensive. I mean, he's 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 got Paul and you mentioned earlier, but he's got Paul Davis dead behind the eyes kind of thing yeah, going I was on. Gonna say other than to look at. Sure. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, he takes his shorts off and then. <laughs> a fucking baby old Daddy. apple. Black. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Johnson, all right. Do something with that. Nope. Next up, I'm not going to yes and that. Uh, next up. Greg, based off of previous episodes, I get the vibe you're more of a chicken tenders in a steakhouse kind of guy. That being said, <laughs> what are your thoughts on raising canes? I think Iman Center's uh, mistake here is assuming that you spend money or go to a steakhouse. Yeah, go to a steakhouse. Uh, I went to a bachelor party where we went to a, like an expensive steakhouse and everyone got like really good steaks. And I got like the cheapest fish on the menu. You're like the consomme for me, please. It was one of those places where they bring the whole staff out and they put. Do all you the have a children's down menu in front of you in the at the same time? 
And I was just like, I, I should be here. This is, a huge I, I don't, this is a huge mistake. Like was he that, just, just gets up and walks away. I just, well, I can't be here. How's the snapper? It, E-Man Center, you're absolutely right about me personally, but when work's paying for it, I'll order, I'll order whatever. I don't care. Oh, yeah. So that's what it takes. Uh, that said, <laughs> I, so that, that is the least surprising thing I've ever heard. In my I life. have not been down. So East Lansing now has a Raising Canes. Uh, oh. I saw the line out the door the day that it opened. But, I haven't been in there personally yet, but I will be, I'll be a man on the street. I'll go down to the old Raising Canes. I'll tell you how it, how it compares to, you know, what? Ruth's Chris or whatever. Ruth's Chris. <laughs> is it Raising? <laughs> I got this one. <laughs> It's just like, what's a steakhouse that people are going to know? Knights. We could get a, we could have kept it Michigan and gone Knights. Um, I just grabbed one. I thought a Raising Cane's was like a Chick-fil-A. It Raising is. Raising Cane's that's is what, specific, what he said funnier. Yeah. It's Raising Cane's is like a, uh, is a specific chicken tender Southern place. Oh, I see. It's a whole thing. It's a whole shtick. Got it. Great. All right. Loved that. Great question. These are some good questions. Let's see what Thomas Zambiasi has for us. Zambiasi. I'm going to just play around with those ones for a while here. Thombass. First, will we ever see a win in Mackey, Michael Jones? When, it's been a while. It has, yeah, right? it has been. Uh, but yes, we will see a win in Mackey. Uh, I'm calling it next year, assuming we play them in Mackey. Calling it next year. Okay, Great. So. Uh, uh, Kevin Greck, is this year the most mid the Big Ten has ever been at basketball? It's hard to argue against that. Like the fact that Purdue is the only ranked team right now, and the fact yeah. that yeah, maybe the Big Ten puts a lot of like very mid teams in the tournament, but they're going to be in seeds like five through twelve. But can we um, can we talk about that for a second? Because the Big Ten for a number of years now has been putting a lot of teams in the in the tournament, and they've yeah. done fuck all. Right. So, I mean, may, maybe the Big Ten is mid, but like if they put a lot of teams in that don't do anything, that's not different than years. We said the big 10 was good. Yeah. Uh, and if they do go far this year, then are we going to say the big 10 was good? No. Like, I, I mean, what's, what's your, what's your barometer is, is mm -hmm. it the tournament or the is barometer it barometer is always consecutive sweet 16s and it will never be different. Okay. So there's one that's, good big 10 team. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Well, Matt Painter might have a thing to say about that. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine, uh, uh, as long as I brought that that team up again, can you imagine what would have happened in the handshake line if Matt Painter left Zach Eady in the game until the end against Juwan's Michigan Wolverine? Yeah, there have been like a... I'm waiting for an explanation on that. I have not heard one because I'm surprised Izzo wasn't a little pissed about it. It didn't bother me because I was dead inside by the time it happened. Sure. But, yeah, but like, but why, you know, because Izzo was subbing in his mm -hmm. scrubs. Yeah. And so for Painter to then put Zach Eady back in? Matt, Matt, but Matt Painter is a piece of shit. He looks like a piece of shit. He acts like a piece of shit. He dresses like a piece of shit. Matt Painter is not a guy I'd ever want to have a beer with unless it involves me immediately impaling him with the bench or the yeah. stool. Now that the coaches are like, we're not doing suits anymore, at yeah. least most of them do team like paraphernalia. Yeah. I think Matt Painter goes out of his way to get the rattiest looking Purdue Yuck. stuff and like wears that during the game. 
Like I just I don't know why, but he looks like this this the guy that I just know is just horrible. Oh god. Well, if anyone's figured out this mystery when we tweet out the show, please reply to it and let us know why did Zach Eady come back in? Because Zach Eady was talking to teammates like he was trying to achieve a thing, mm. which I assume is why he was. I mean, the, the announcers talked about it, but I, I it's unclear what it was. I, but he didn't do anything while he was in, which was the weird thing. Like, I, I don't think he got he entered the stat column, which we did not talk about JJJ entering the stat column. Yeah, well, we'll do that at other time. Uh, but if, if we denied some him somehow denied him a record of some sort, then good. Uh, mm-hmm. Last uh, from Thomas Zambiasi, uh, Plum, best Michigan specific food, and why is it Little Caesars? Oh, don't yikes! Don't. What a what a what an absolute East I Coast of You know, just devoid of. Listeners, I apologize when he puts in his own little like he and you didn't get to see that it was only for us is his little like smug smirk as he said it too (laughs) which was like which was like i'm gonna say little caesars here because like ooh, isn't that the worst one we just no it's not the worst one like you that's what this is about oh like you to be clear you don't understand things you're, you Plum has never called me dumb, so I know that he doesn't like me. <laughs> That's because you're not funny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the answer is Coney dogs. The answer is a Flint Coney dog. That is the best Michigan specific food, followed closely by a Escanaba pasty. Gotta have the rutabaga. <laughs> Got to have the rutabaga. All right. Next Shrek hat guy. New? No, first was, time was here last week. Okay, I was too. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Obviously, I was here too. Which position do you think Izzo is worst at developing? I mean, should we do the message board routine of the? Base? No, the answer. The answer isn't a position. The answer is the portal. The answer is the portal. All right, I'll take that. Uh, next up from uh, Keith Johnson. Can you explain to everyone how Matt Weiss's uh, felony arrest for, quote, computer crimes has little to no press? There are 15 articles on, quote, who will be the next Michigan coordinator, but nothing on the crime or when Jim knew about it. Is this uh, the blue wall? So, Keith, hate to fact check you because we're we're generally speaking in your corner on a lot of vibes here, but Matt Weiss has not been arrested. Uh, Matt Weiss is under investigation, but he has not been arrested. So, uh, and, uh, and in fairness, right. We, we all, uh, believe in innocent until proven guilty. Uh, we know that he is guilty of being, uh, generally, uh, a piece of shit, but that's because he associated with the university of Michigan and not for any crimes that he may or may not have committed. Uh, that said, uh, there still likely is a lot of evidence of things that the press is hopefully doing some due diligence on. Uh, it is it is interesting to me the ways in which they are not well sourced in ways mm. that our beat writers seem to be much better sourced on things. I mean, because uh, this is very much of the public interest. Uh, computer crimes in question took place at a public institution, and he mm-hmm. is a public employee yeah yep. you'd almost think that 
I wonder if computer records themselves are FOIAable. Like, you know the location that it happened. Mm. So could you get the entry log of of what happened on a... Like, I, I, I have not looked at the FOIA law in any mm-hmm. recent time, but I'm curious if that's something you could get. Um, and again, we're kind of doing the, like, focusing on the burger aspect thing again. Like, it's doing the computer crime in the pursuit of what that yeah. is of interest. Yeah. Um, well, and we- let's just remember, I mean, sorry, I, you're right to say that he's not been arrested yet. He has been fired. That is what, for me, speaks volumes. There's enough- They would have kept him suspended. Yes. There's enough there there to justify invoking whatever clause they needed to to get him out of his million-dollar-a-year contract without any apparent penalty to the university. That is striking. Can we, uh, real quick, though, take a, uh, in the spirit of, because I, I feel, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to, like, make sure that we've got the facts straight, but let's take a quick detour on uh, the MGO blog message board theories on Matt Weiss, if we can, for a second, that... Um, it has something to do with another coach sleeping with his wife. Mm. What did we talk so, about several weeks ago with these internet right. rumors and uh, how it's always a, protecting the women? Which ones appeal to us? Apparently, uh, even that the ain't leaders it. and best. Let's assume. Let's assume that another coach did sleep with his wife, and that in the process of that. Matt Weiss logged into a computer to illegally check somebody's email. Yeah. The FBI yeah. ain't coming to your house for that friend. Yeah. That isn't leaving the building. That's never getting out. And you know who's getting fired? The coach who did the sleeping with the wife. Right. Not Matt Weiss. <laughs> yep. Or both of them go nuclear on each other. But like that ain't, this isn't what the situation is. So like, I just, I don't know what Matt Weiss did. Yeah. Could could be something that like is not particularly scandalous in the grand scheme of like uh, terribleness of crimes, but he and he is definitely being investigated for a real crime, yep. like that. So yeah, uh, this isn't logging into somebody's fucking email. Like, no. d- please, the the undercover disabuse cops yourself do not of come that. to your house logging into someone else's yeah. email and if it and if that's what you did it's because you were doing a bigger crime than that it, like so anyway uh i just keith uh not arrested almost certainly did something not good uh but to plum's point they fired him so like and they've had no problem letting people who are accused of crime staying on on the team mm-hmm. and, and we have a pretty good idea that they did know about this before the ball game so yeah, I I'm optimistic that some folks will write on this. I'm I I don't know who though. I mean, mm. if Tony Garcia, who I think is actually a staff writer, is just now writing an article, that's a little alarming. So we'll see. Uh, next up from Keith Johnson, I'm gonna take this one because this feels targeted at me, based upon the Keith skis uh, hustling of me last week. Uh, pick one, Michigan loses in the first round of the NIT or Miss MSU gets to a Sweet 16 spot. It's the Sweet 16. Always and forever, the Sweet 16. But while we're on the topic, 
it's not clear that Michigan will have a 500 record that's required to go to the NIT. So <laughs> there's that also. Mm. They lost by a wider margin to Penn State than we did to Purdue today. <laughs> uh, Both on the road. Next up from the Tyrone Couch, our new DL coach is the coolest Tyron ever. But had any of you heard of him before he was hired? No. No. The no. answer is a big no. Definitely not. Uh, Plum, next up from Tyrone Couch. I'm considered partial fluent in four languages. Only think of two myself. I am only comfortable in one. How many languages do you gentlemen speak? I'm going to keep this with you because of my embarrassing history. Oh, poor four. Poor four, four, tell us more. As stupid. As stupid. As stupid. I speak three. And uh, English, German, and Chukese. <laughs> really useful Peace Corps language. Really useful. Could you, could you hop back onto the islands and, and you'd be good? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 I actually speak that a lot better than I speak German. A lot better. The mustache betrays you. I, you know what? And I'm told this. Is really, that where the power of, for the German comes it from? It is. That's where it's there. Yeah, if I shave this whole thing off. It's actually interesting. The more I shave it inward, the stronger it gets stronger until it goes it right away. And then it loses it. It's strange. Really weird. So strange. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to read this next one. I will. So, all the talk about bow stuff has me wondering... My wife probably thought I asked if she wanted to do bow stuff at night. <laughs> sort of the same question, I guess. She was probably smart to decline. I guess that's my rant of the week. <laughs> <laughs> any, uh, any pointers for uh, Tyrone? I'm going to leave that one right alone because I don't <laughs> want his wife to come after me. Next words, up, Ali. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want her to do any bow stuff to me, I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm driving to Seattle from Montana right now. What should I eat for dinner on the road? Burger King or Burger King? Is that those are the options? There's no raising canes or uh or you know uh, uh steak houses. Greg, in, uh, are you still a Wendy's fan? Oh, for sure. Yeah, dude. Are, are, are you a Wendy's loyalist? Not loyalist. 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 But, yeah, yeah, our enunciation is off today. It's um, off. It's off. It's not on. I will say, for the listeners that don't it's know, in college, I worked at Wendy's. And people told me before I started working there, you'll never work at the fast food place ever again after you've been there. There Eat. was nothing gross at Wendy's. Nothing. Wow. The, the grossest thing that happened at Wendy's is the, I did a lot of closing. The Frosty Mix at the end of the night goes into a container and it's the first thing that goes back into the frosty machine in the morning for the lunch rush. That's it. Other Explain that, the chili to me. Because the chili's made from... So what happens with the chili is there's usually burgers down, or this is how they did it when I was in college. Uh, there's usually burgers down that are ready to be served on the grill top, right? Um, that's how you keep things fast in the drive through and up at the register. But sometimes there's slow times and they get a little overcooked. When that happens, they go into a little warming dish for maybe like another 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Um, if they've been on there too long, they start to get a little crusty. And then they get chopped up in that warming dish and they go in the 
uh, walk-in, and then that's where the meat comes for the uh, for the chili. For the chili. The rest of the chili is in a bag, and it just sort of gets all prepared. But together. I I knew the I knew the 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 burger came from Grill Top, so I just didn't know. But it's to a... me, like it follows all of the food safety standards oh, that you would. The think. chili's fantastic. And, I didn't have any yeah, questions great chili, about great chili. Yeah, Jason loves Top the down. chili. Not gross. Loves the chili. No, truly, at the time that I worked there, nothing gross. So I think what we're saying is find a Wendy's. Find a Wendell's. All right. Last up from Ali. Following up on my question last week on legally immune seven foot big men, does referee immunity exist in the Latvian basketball league? <laughs> We're all taking uh, comfort <laughs> in the in the you know in Eastern Europe, the declines of all of these guys. <laughs> yeah, that you can dominate at this league, but it doesn't pay at the yeah. next, and and that's what makes us feel better. And that the actuary tables will catch up to you eventually. <laughs> the darkest of timelines. All right, next up, Susan Mamopolis. Ooh, I hate you. I I'm already. I'm already out on you, Susan. Tough choice for today. Either National Corn Chip Day or National Puzzle Day. Which what can one we do to, can you to kill not this go without bit. the old nachos and cheese or getting the wordle done? I don't know why. Why do you, why? I mean, why not just have your corn chip while working on the puzzle? I, why are you dignifying this question? I love to listen to the morning puzzle on NPR Weekend Edition on Sundays, hosted oh, yeah. by Aisha Roscoe and the New York Times own Will Shorts. So, puzzle guy, love the puzzle, love doing do the puzzle. Yell, do you yell the answers to the? Have you ever participated in the weekly puzzle? I have. Well, I always submit. I've never been called. You do submit. Every I week. submit. If I can figure it out, I submit. Yeah. Uh, the, several weeks ago, I was listening and someone submitted for their first time and got invited on the program. Yeah. D- did you hear that? And if you did, does that concept really bother you? No, I mean, that is what it is. I, I think it'd be harder. I mean, it's like you get, you know, 400 people typically between three, four or 500 people will be right each week. So mm-hmm. it's. You know, they're not great odds. But then I, the thing that actually upsets me more than first person's like the good luck is the woman who was on. She's like, this is my third time being on. Like, oh, what? that you shouldn't be allowed. Stop playing. Yeah. Just, just be happy you won it. Like, fuck. You don't need three lapel pins. Yeah, I was going to say, how many of those lapel pins or tote bags or whatever it is do you need? Hurtful. I bet she's fun at dinner parties. Oh, oh God. God. Oh, oh, God. All right. Next up from Mamopoly for Michael Jones. There's bad behavior in sports on the field and on the cart and on the ice in the sports world. But guessing polls show that two out of three sports podcasters would condone it as long as it's not from the coaches. True? Are what you asking question? me to guess whether the poll is She's saying, are we condoning violence in sports? Is that what she's saying? That two of the three of us would condone violence in sports as long as it's not from the coaches? Oh, she guesses. But I'm guessing polls show that two out of three sports podcasters would condone it. Wait, are we the three? Which of the three? Who are the three of us? We are. The I three. think to be clear, uh, we're... Would uh, both of you condone sports that only involve the players being violent with each other? Like so- hockey? So football is violent. Yeah. Hockey is violent. Like, but I think like sanctioned fights in hockey. Yeah. So I think hockey, at least college hockey, is 
come a long way on. Well, I think the NHL has too yeah. come a long way on eradicating that from part of the game. There was a, a time where, like, if you wanted to see a hockey fight, it had to be in college. The NHL had already kind of re- largely removed it. It would be nice if the NHL merely removed that rule. Like, it, the the problem is the rule exists, right? Like, the rule should just be gone, right? No rule. There's just a game misconduct, and and then fine letters come out. Like, sure. The uh, the Eagles 49ers game, I'm pretty sure a 49ers dude is missing a game next season because mm. of his conduct. It's possible an Eagles player, despite being the one who was initially struck, might miss the Super Bowl mm. because of it. And then several 49ers players are getting fine letters because they entered the field of play when they were not supposed to because of right. a skirmish. Like there's a, it, the NFL ha- has made it very clear. Yeah. You don't do this. Right. So I no, I like, I don't think that that th- the kind of extracurricular violence, I don't think any of us think that that's okay or acceptable. We all agree. It's not criminal. Right. Uh, or, <laughs> I mean, you could, you can invite a scenario where, I would be like, yeah, no, you need to prosecute that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, it, no, I don't think we're cool with violence in a. You know, I I, I think I'm going to be an out here because the idea of like fighting in soccer is like anathema. Like it makes me physically sick, but fighting in hockey doesn't actually bother me at all. I feel like I mean, it's like ice boxing, literal fighting. There's yeah, MMA boxing. and boxing. Well, MMA is not a sport. It's gratuitous but neither of those appeal to me personally sure i don't i also don't watch boxing but i get it i mean i get the idea behind boxing there's something about that that i get i think hockey is like ice boxing when they decide to fight in my mind i don't know i I have a a personal theory that all sports save for baseball are just like us putting a it's all boxing it's all violence but it's just like how thick the veneer is that we Mm. put on top of it even golf that that's also got right. that veneer yeah. on it too. Remember when <laughs> violence uh, to the ball with a stick? <laughs> do you remember when uh, uh, it, the the Red Sox Yankees got into a thing and Pedro Martinez threw down an elderly coach from the Yankees? Uh, 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 yeah, uh, actually, yeah. Didn't he like run into him? Yeah, but like Pedro Martinez actually wasn't the the problem in that scenario. Right, it was he the coach. Was the, he was the solution. Yes, and and like and people are like, how could you do it? And it's that sort of like. Yeah, grandstanding about like, and it's why none of it has a place. Uh, I, I that's just, fair. Uh, you know, uh, because it it is oftentimes the person who does the last thing that's the one who's seen. That's exactly what it is. Yep. Well, Mama belief. Uh, don't take any uh, pride in how much we talked about this because it had nothing to do with your question, really. But uh, Susan, it had everything to do with your oh, question. Yeah, it was a good question. All right, finally, is a bad question. The Super Bowl is up and coming. Um, and knowing that you don't really follow the whole pro thing, who are you going to root for? And what will you serve at your Super Bowl pate? We answer Wait, this question every year. Uh, so Eagles so we, versus Chiefs. We need to go birds. This whole thing. This go is. birds. Really? Ew, God, the Eagles are the most disreputable team in fucking sports. Philly teams are gross. Ah, Disreputable? Yeah. Ugh. I'm sorry. I think the most disreputable team is the team that's never been to a Super Bowl. I don't know who that you're talking about. I talked to a coworker who's like, who are the Lions? 
It's like, it's I, not surprising you've never heard of them. I will say of <laughs> Eagles, given how many different bird teams there are in the NFL, they're like, no, we're the ones that are the birds. Go birds. Go birds. Caw, caw. I do like the idea of someone just being like, go birds. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely rooting for the Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Oh, that feels uh, cancelable. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, what am I going to serve? Uh, uh, I stole a recipe for a uh, a ham and cheese slider that's on a King's Hawaiian roll uh, oh. with a, a Dijon poppy seed butter pour over, and it is crazy good. Wow. Um, send us the recipe. Send yeah, it. I, I will send it. it. Seriously, hit it. It hits. It, it slaps. Yeah. As right. the kids say. All right, next up for Mr. Neurotic Pants. Alex, if you drank a Mountain Dew, would you have a religious experience? I want to tell this story that my friends uh, from my old global health days would remember because they they ceaselessly mock me for it still to this day. Um, In Nepal, they drink scotch. Well, I should say the people that we work with in Nepal drink scotch like it is their job. And so when we transit through... Uh, yeah, when we transit through India, um, we stop at duty free and we bring like several bottles of Johnny Walker with us so that we can give them as gifts to the folks who are our research partners out there. Um, so we love that. But when you go, you have to know, like, I got to really pace myself because we're going to start at like four o'clock happy hour and then they're still going at 11 o'clock and I, you know, jet lag, I'm, I'm going to now die. My liver is going to now die. I die. I now die. So. We got in on one of the trips. I knew this was coming and, you know, we got to the happy hour and they're like, here you go. And they just bring you, you know, like this two knuckles of, I don't know what Johnny, Johnny Walker, but not good version. And, uh, I knew that I like, it was just going to go downhill. And the only thing that I had to cut it with was Mountain Dew. So I had I mixed Mountain Dew in my scotch. You know Just, that they tell that story way more often than way more than often. Tell that story. So it is. It's bad. It's not good. And I knew it wasn't good. But you can bet that I stood there with my weird green and brown drink thing. Oh no! Slowly it looked like a porta potty. It. Oh, it was bad. It was really, really bad, you guys. And my friend Tyler's. Still, will send me pictures of Mountain Dew and then just a disgusted look on his face. And he's right. He is right. right. You deserve that. Next up from Mr. Neurotic Pants, Michael Jones, would you like to apologize for assuming Alex Plum wears dresses? (laughs) I was so heard about you saying that and was upset. I'm still recoiling from the Mountain Dew. Oh, look who's trying to change the subject. Always trying to deflect. Oh, you were very, very homophobic Mm. last week. It was obviously. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Your relationship threatens mine. I'm not comfortable with you. That's right. Good. uh, (laughs) Good. 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 Did I actually say you wear dresses? No. What was it? We gave him a hard time for something, though. It was there was a question about. That was what it was. And there was a question about like cross dressing. Yeah. And you were like, plum. And I. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Okay. Okay. That was it. Yeah. This goes to show I truly black out the entire episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's where your that's where your deepest, you, you know, most held beliefs bubble up and you throw yep. them. 
That's right. No. Finally, for Mr. Erotic fans, what I was going to say more offensive formula? things. He cut me off. He did me a favor. He did you a favor. What is the magic formula? Points differential and time left for garbage time. I I think this might be a reference to the uh, the Jones theorem and the and the Greg postulate. No, the Greg <laughs> postulate is a different thing. That's ten before the half. It's very simple. <laughs> ten before the half. Mine is uh, 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 point differential to number of minutes left. So you want to be 10 down at the 10 minute mark. You uh, want to be eight down at the eight minute mark, right? Like, uh, uh, and that hit for a little while and then it- It didn't, it, it stopped hitting. Hold on, what's the, what's, the, what's the Greg postulate? You just, if you're having a bad first half, just get it, get the- Get within 10. Under, get within 10, 10 by- Get within 10 by the half. Ah, I see. The Greg postulate. Yeah. I love that. I need to come up with something. Huh. I'll yes. think about this. This was a, this was an OG. Uh, yeah. like, this is, this is we Mr. Erotic Pants Skype, kind of maybe. flexing a little bit, showing, you know, ooh, some of us have been uh, here from the beginning. From Thank the you very start? Much. Wow. All of you other Twitter questioners. Raymond. Yeah. All, right. All right. Last up, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. How does Zach Eady defend without fouling? He doesn't, he doesn't leave his feet. He's just a massive dude, and they don't call him. It's his offensive fouls that he's going to get called for more. It's yeah. the elbow to the face. It is he for sure sets a lot of moving screens. The, well, the whole Big Ten sets a lot of moving screens. Wow. Well, I'd be Zach interested Eady- to go back it, to previous tournaments to see if, like, when the Big Ten doesn't do well and players get in foul trouble, like what are what are those fouls that get called? Are they the moving screens? Are they are they that That's physical play that everyone just sort of assumes it is? I don't know. Uh, it, the problem is that a lot of our referees are referees in the tournament. Um, so I don't. True. Next up, our protector guy, what did you think of Maddie's play this week? Did Maddie play this week? I mean, my God. He was fine. He played less than 20 minutes in the Purdue game. 16. Um, Plum, you've had all day to handle this. Next question. <laughs> can you do sonnets? I can do sonnets. I can. I can. What are they? But I are choose they- not to. Quatrains, quad. What is it? Quatrains and a couplet. Is it A A B B A A? I think it's any rhyming scheme in the in the quatrains. Any rhyming scheme in the quatrains and the couplets have to rhyme. I don't know if it's. I don't know how many it is. Something about quatrains and couplets. I don't know what the. Uh, fourteen lines. Fourteen. So three. So three quatrains and a couplet. Typically ten syllables per line. Oh well, that's would not have gotten there. Uh, okay, I will work on this. I'm not going to work on this. No. Uh, I have actually it. a favorite. Is it Wordsworth? Is it William Wordsworth? No, it's uh, Holy Sonnet 10 by John Donne. Oh, John um, Donne. Death, death Be Not Proud. Oh, that's a sonnet. Yeah. Um, favorite sonnet. Okay. Uh, Look at you. No, Shakespeare had some some solid ones as well. Uh, probably, anyway. but all in Old English. Who can even understand them? Uh, John Dunn doesn't do better. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, gentlemen. It was another Havsies week. Um, not great. 
And then we entered it on sonnets, so that's a win. Yeah, honestly, I, th- I think this is the epitaph you're quite deliberately trying to sabotage our podcast. <laughs> sabotage the pod. Keep that we're- saboing. Uh, <laughs> in the interim, we have all the way until next Saturday before we have another game. Uh, I, I maintain Rutgers made a mistake. We are going to uh, take this one. So until then, go green. Go away! Go away! <laughs>